0: You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are going to be talking about dealing with athlete discipline issues, athlete accountability, and when athletes have behavior problems in your program. Now, before we get into the episode, make sure you've headed on over to All Star Cheer Coaches and Owner, if you're a coach and an owner. You've joined that group on Facebook. You've joined uh, Cheer and Gymnastics Gym Owners on Facebook as well. You've checked out NextGenOwners.com. And certainly last but not least, you have to get registered for our conference in San Diego. It's going to be absolutely amazing. We've got a ton of amazing vendors, a ton of amazing presenters. I know I'm using the word amazing a lot, but that's just what it's going to be. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. So don't want to miss out on that one. It is in January in San Diego. Get away from the snow and the winter weather. Come out to California where it's at least moderately warm beautiful San Diego, it's wonderful in January, it should be hopefully, Um, and come check things out at our conference. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Now, this actually is an episode. The reason I'm doing this episode is Danielle literally just texted me. It is Monday night at 8.15 and she had just gotten off of Fireside Chat. She was like, hey, this topic came up in Fireside Chat. And I just didn't feel like we had enough content to talk about in the Fireside chat about it and it should be a great podcast episode. And I was like, boom, let's go. Um, I already have recorded an episode today. I did an interview with Jason Larkins, but it's going to be a little bit more of an edited episode that we need to spend a little bit of time on. So this is one that I could just bang out tonight and talk to you guys about athlete accountability and dealing with behavioral problems in your program and what I think you should be doing if you have those things going on in your gym. Now, this is not a scripted episode. You're just getting thoughts by Dan uh right now and how I've dealt with some of these situations because I'll be honest, I've had I've had the gamut of different things. So, first and foremost, uh you have to determine How bad is the issue? Is this an issue that is just a behavior problem? Or is this a issue that is like a illegal problem? And when I say illegal, I mean, is it like a crime? Is this a really, really significant issue that you potentially need to defer to local law enforcement or something like that? I have seen that occur in the cheer industry. Uh, It is not impossible for an athlete to be doing things that are illegal that can result in you needing to contact police. Now, am I talking about an athlete going to a party and drinking alcohol? I'm not. That's not what I'm referencing. Uh, in Oregon, I wouldn't be talking about an athlete smoking, uh, marijuana. That would also not be something I'm I'm talking about here. That's, uh, That's a behavioral issue. That's not something I'm looking to report to police. I'm talking about things that are like mandatory reports. So distribution of sexually explicit images, inappropriate contact with athletes within your program, requesting of certain things, things like that that could result in there being some significant repercussions that is a situation you need to determine really quickly does it fall into that realm and if it does then you need to defer it to the proper authorities that is when the buck stop you know all stop big red light hit the big red easy button call local Uh, law enforcement and ask them to get involved. And then when they say, you're good to go, we're done with this, then you can start your process. But otherwise you wanna stay out of those things so you don't accidentally wade into something that you don't want to wade into that exposes you to civil liability or worst case criminal liability. So make sure you kinda make that determination right at the get-go. Now, we're gonna eliminate that one because that's a big red easy button. We're gonna go to what you should be doing if it is a behavioral issue. And there are a couple things that you need to look at with this. One is Is this an issue that impacts the gym directly? If it is not an issue that impacts the gym directly, then You have some choices to make, um, in terms of how you're going to proceed, how significant the issue is. Obviously it came to your attention, uh, so it somehow got back and somehow involved in the gym, but is it negatively impacting the gym? So the difference of us, two scenarios here, um, an athlete smokes marijuana. Okay that is certainly not something we want our athletes doing. Uh, In Oregon, it is more common, although I, I talk to my kids about it. I tell them that they shouldn't be doing it. I try to encourage that, but I would be absolutely naive to sit here and say, none of my kids have ever smoked nor will ever smoke marijuana. It is prolific in this state. There are more marijuana stores than there are Starbucks. So it is out there. So to think that high school age seniors, juniors, high school age kids are not going to potentially experiment with those things is naive. Just like everyone would be naive to say that they will 100% never have athletes that drink alcohol in their program. That's just not going to happen. They are, You will have athletes that will consume alcohol. They'll go to a party. They'll engage in behaviors that they potentially shouldn't. Now, if you just hear that you had some athletes who went to a party, they drank, and you hear about that, or maybe one of them is dumb and posted on social media, it looks bad, right? And you can now have repercussions there. The other of it affecting the gym but still involving that kind of thing, well, if they show up to practice under the influence or they're using drugs at a competition or at practice or at camp or something like that, uh, and it's directly now impacting the gym, it's, it's getting involved with the gym, you have a little bit more, I think, need to take significant action in those circumstances and have there be some legitimate consequences. Uh, so you've got to kind of determine those things. And then did it, if it impacted the gym, how significant was the negative impact? And then you proceed from there. Now, I may be going into subjects that the person who originally answered asked the question, is not even wanting me to go into, uh, they don't care about this, but I'm going to talk about all the things that I've kind of seen. So we're talking about things that occur outside that come inside or occur inside, but are not directly related to behavior in, on the team. Um, those situations are generally going to be a collaborative discussion with myself and the parents. We're going to have a meeting, um, with the parents, we're going to chat with the athlete and we're going to come up with a set of expectations, a set of guidelines, um, and some consequences that are going to occur within the gym. Those consequences will vary based off of the athletes, um, history within the program based off of, you know, how long they've been with us. Have they had issues like this before? Uh, is this a first time thing? Uh, how significant was the impact on the program, et cetera, et cetera. And then we're going to proceed from there. I, am will tell you that way, way back in the day, I created a discipline matrix. And it was like, if this happens, this is on the first offense, it's this on the second offense, it's this on the third offense, it's this. It didn't work. It was not functional. Um, unfortunately, I think you have to approach these situations consistently with there being consequences, but you can't treat every single person the same because not every athlete is the same. Not every circumstance is the same. Um, and there's just way too much nuance. so I prefer leave myself room in these kind of situations to uh, assess things from a nuance approach. So it's those kind of behavioral issues, you know, substance abuse, inappropriate social media posts, those kind of things, that's a collaboration with the parents because ultimately, I'm trying to help my athlete, become a better version of themselves. I'm more worried about what is going on outside of the gym and potentially how it impacts the gym, right? You have, um, I like I said, I coach senior teams. Uh, I've even coached open teams where I have adults on the team. So they can legally drink. Uh, And you can imagine my joy when kids would come to a Sunday practice hungover. Uh, And they, again, could legally drink, but they were hungover and it negatively impacted their practice. Um, That would be a behavioral issue, right? Then there's a discussion to be had. Now, in that circumstance, I'm not talking with the parents. I'm sitting down with that person. I'm saying, here's how you let your team down. Here's how your choices made uh, a negative impact on your team. And then we're going to proceed from there on, on what the expectations are moving forward. So getting the parents involved in those kinds of situations, I think is critically important. You need to have a partnership there. If there is no partnership to be had, like the parents are unwilling to engage, then that might mean that you might have to cut ties with this person if it's a significant enough problem. Now, the other question I think someone was asking, or or what I'm guessing a lot of you are more curious about is how do I deal with athlete discipline issues within the program when it's something about their behavior at practices that I have to move forward on either they're disrespectful to coaches or they're talking all the time, or maybe they're late, or maybe they walked out of practice in the middle of practice because they lose their temper. Um, or maybe they've said something that's made other athletes uncomfortable. Like the, it runs the gamut, um, of different possibilities, uh, that could happen. Maybe they cursed out a coach. I've, I've seen that happen. Had an athlete tell a coach F you, I don't have to listen to you. Um, Right, it, it there's a number of different things that can happen. The first step is one: you need to know what your hard and fast non-negotiables are. What are your rules that like? Nope, this is it. That's it. You're done. And if you have those non-negotiable rules, then you just follow that non-negotiable rule. Like for us, we have a rule in our gym: if you leave the gym during practice, like you get frustrated and you quit on your team during practice, you go, "I'm not doing this anymore," and you walk out. You have walked out for the rest of the season. You're done. You do not get to come back. That's it. If you quit on your team in a time of need, you're done. End of discussion. That is like a violation of one of our most core values. You cannot have a family. You cannot have that trust and that commitment if people are willing to quit as soon as things get hard. So that is a hard no for us. And we don't blur that line. Uh, I've only ever once had an athlete walk out during practice and allow to actually return. And it's because they walked out and they turned right back around and they said, no, I don't want to do that. So they walked out the door, they like got two steps and they were like, nope. And they walked back in, they were like, I'm wrong. I didn't, I didn't want to do that, but I do need to talk about this. From there, I think you need to understand where is this child coming from? Because at the end of the day, these are kids. Most of the time who we're talking about, these are kids, which means that they are going through things. If you can think back to when you were a teenager, when you were in middle school, feelings were very big. Emotions were very big. You sometimes made decisions that you didn't even understand why you were making them because hormones and your brain is rewiring itself and there's all sorts of weird things going on. And so you make some boneheaded moves and understanding what is going on in an athlete's life, I think is really, really important. Um, And hopefully you've seen the signs and you've paid attention to them. Um, But oftentimes the behavior issues you're seeing, especially if they're new have some sort of a deeper seated issue. There's something else happening and maybe the athlete doesn't know what that thing is. And you're going to have to ask pointed questions like how are things at school? How are things with your friends? How are things with at home? You're going to have to learn those things. Tell me what a day at home is like. Tell me what you do with your parents in their free time. Tell me what your relationship with your siblings is like. Ask those probing questions because eventually that's going to lead you down the path to figure out what's going on. Um, and that's going to then help us decide where we go from there. Is this something that is a behavioral issue because it's a microcosm in time because of what an athlete is going through? Or is this something that an athlete is just going down a path of becoming not the person they we want them to be or they want to be, and we need to have some intervention here? Uh, and so from there, you have to make that determination. So is it a is it a willful choice or is it a, there's other things going on. Now there should be consequences both ways. I'm not saying that you have to give someone a flat out excuse because their parents are getting divorced or they have something significant going on in their life. But I do think it's good to be aware of those things because we have the ability to model and mentor these athletes through these very difficult times. Uh, And I would much rather have them have me in their corner to help guide them a little bit and try and keep them on the straight and narrow. Because if we just send them out into the wilderness, they're much more likely to make even worse decisions. Now I'm not going to sacrifice the team for that. I'm not going to say that everyone else then has to suffer because this person cannot figure their life out, but it is important to think about. Now, how do you handle things with behavior at practice? Athletes are openly disrespectful or unwilling to participate. You know, they're not, they're having behavioral problems in practice, they're talking too much, etc. Number one is um, consequences. So I am not a coach who believes that you can never use conditioning uh, with an athlete who has problems. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit old school and I know there's people probably listening who will say, you cannot do that. That's the worst thing in the world to do to punish someone with conditioning. You'll make them hate exercising for the rest of their life and it's corporal punishment and this, that, and the other thing. One, I mean, I just disagree with you. It's not corporal punishment. Two, I I mean, I came up in an era where you had consequences for your decisions and they were generally physical, um, in nature, conditioning in nature. And I like, I love to work out. Uh, when I did gymnastics, it was, if you were talking, when you were not on a break, then you got five rope climbs. And if you were, uh, sitting down, then you got 10 rope climbs. Uh, and there were a variety of different consequences. Now you could say, well, that's unfair. Well, number one, I got really good at climbing rope. Uh, two and I was really strong. My upper body was crazy strong because of that. And number two is, um, it's, is it a punishment? I mean, maybe it's a little bit of a punishment. It's a reminder, but it's also a, if you're not going to take this seriously, then you're going to go exercise and you're going to get something out of practice because you're not paying attention right now. And the repetitions that you're going to take are not going to be of value. So if you're going to run your mouth, go climb a rope. Um, I'm okay with that. I think that actually makes sense. Um, now, if you're just being abusive to an athlete to punish them for something, that I think could be over the line. But to simply say, hey, you know what? If we keep talking, then we're going to run. You guys, we're going to run because you're running your mouths. We're going to run a lap. We get a little bit of exercise in. We clearly have too much energy. Um, it, it drives home a point. It just does. So, I'm not a big believer that you can never make an athlete condition. I think if you're just doing it because you're angry, that's one, that's not okay. But if you're doing it with a purpose, like, hey, you got to focus up. We're going to take some time. We're going to just focus on doing 25 push ups. We're not going to talk and we're going to see if we can do 25 perfect push ups, get our mind right, get our brain right, get checked in, get here in this moment, and then we're going to move forward. Now, what do you do when an athlete is openly disrespectful to you during practice? Maybe they're refusing to do something and like are literally refusing, like, no, I'm not doing that. I refuse to do that. Um, Well, you can sit them out. Um, I find that replacing them in that position is very, very effective. Um, Okay, you're not going to do it. Well, she wants to, so you're in. Uh, It sends a real quick message that uh, they cannot do that power play. Uh, And then from there, if those are not effective options, I know some coaches hate this. I know some parents hate or some coaches hate this uh, and some owners hate this. I love parent meetings. I love them. They're fantastic. Why? Because that athlete goes and gets in the car. And I talked about this on Diffusing parents. They go and they get in their car and they say, mom, coach picked on me again. They hate me. They're not nice to me. They're so mean. I'm, And they're like, well, are you doing anything? Because that's the majority of parents. Yes, there are those parents who think their child is a perfect little angel and th- they're wrong because no one's child is a perfect little angel. But most parents want their kids to be the best that they can be. That's why they're paying all this money for them to do cheerleading. And most parents, because they live with their children, know that they're intolerable little human beings sometimes and can be really, really difficult. And so they have an expectation though that when that child goes out into the world that they're gonna represent their parent with good behavior. And so when you call that parent in and you go, hey, Susie, I want you to tell your mom why we're sitting down and talking. And Susie's going to say, I don't know. Or maybe she's going to say, because I was disrespectful during practice. And mom or dad is going to look at them and go, Excuse me, you what? And then I say, Okay, well, why don't Susie, why don't you tell your parents what you told me? I told them that you were stupid and I wasn't going to do that. Are you kidding me? Right. And then you have to be prepared to stop the beating from occurring. But the parent is now going to be involved and they get to be the bad guy and solve that problem. Now, I'm not saying you don't have to follow up with it, but get have those parents get involved. Most of the time, they don't know how big of a behavioral issue it is. If you are having that conversation with parents and they are not receptive and they are defensive of their child, they say, my child's perfect. They never would have done such a thing then you may be in a position where you might need to cut ties with this family and this athlete. That might be a situation where you need to remove someone from the program. If they don't trust you and they can't have a relationship with you and they don't believe in your rules and your guidelines, then they're probably not a good fit for your program. And you guys, the only other thing I think you need to be doing is teaching athletes good habits. Teach them how to be better people. And the best way to do that is by reinforcing the people who are doing good. It's really, really easy as coaches to focus only on those kids who are a problem. And in fact, your athletes who show up every practice and do their job and hit their stunts and like just do the work, but maybe are not the most vocal, maybe not the most outgoing, they oftentimes will fall kind of to the side. And not be paid attention to because it's like, well, you're just reliable. You just do your job. It's easy to forget about you. And that's someone that you want to be praising, showing them and showing everyone that's how you behave. You behave like her, the way she is acting, the way she's conducting herself, the way she's holding herself accountable, like those things. You praise that and you make kids strive to get that praise because all of kids want it or then. I shouldn't say all, but the vast majority of kids want that praise. They want their coaches to say that they did a great job. They want their peers to look at them with respect and value and consideration. That's what most people want in general. So if you start praising those people and saying, this is the example of what right looks like, you're going to see more athletes trying to elevate themselves to that level. Because you are a product of the people you surround yourself with. If you let your athletes be surrounded by other athletes who are a bad influence, they are going to continue to be a bad influence on one another. They're going to pull each other down. So you got to surround them and praise those kids, those high achievers, and make them the the people that you are putting in positions of authority. Those are the people that you're lifting up within your program. And that's going to raise the entire culture of your team, of your gym, of your program. So that's how I would highly suggest working on disciplinary issues. It's not easy. It's not, but I'll be honest. I don't have a lot of discipline problems in my gym. They do come up every once in a while, but they tend to be fairly minor. Why? Because I dealt with these issues eight, nine years ago and really spent a lot of time. Tori and I spent a ton of time working on the culture in our gym and reinforcing that to our coaches and making sure the coaches reinforce it with the athletes and building that culture up. So those kind of things just aren't tolerated in our program. What you tolerate, you give permission to. So if you tolerate an athlete talking back and you don't deal with it because you're not confrontational or you tolerate athletes being late all the time or missing all the time, though you tolerate those things, you're giving permission to them. So I would encourage you to make sure you're holding athletes accountable in the moment. And I am i know we use the terminology like praise publicly, discipline privately. That's how I'm going to start right? If it's a first time issue, I'm going to have a conversation with you one-on-one. Hey, come here. What's going on? This is not acceptable. Okay. Moving forward. You cannot talk to me that way, or you cannot talk to your teammates that way. Like this needs to change effective immediately. And then after that, I might be much more uh, vocal and public to make sure that people are hearing that I'm saying this is not okay. And then I'm going to also continue to praise the people who are doing a great job. Okay, it's something you can change in your program, but you've got to pay attention to it. You've got to work diligently on it, and you've got to work in partnership with the parents. Work in partnership with the parents. It is so important to have them on board with you as you try to enforce discipline within your program. All right, everyone, I don't have a lot of marching orders as we leave the episode. I would just encourage you Don't be afraid to have high expectations of your athletes. And if you communicate what the high expectations are and you hold them to them consistently and you make sure the parents understand what those expectations are and they are clear, you will find success and you will be surprised at how many parents are willing to go along with it and believe in it and buy into that program. Kids crave structure. They crave accountability. We have to give it to them. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, you've got to check out the Let's Talk to Your podcast with Jason Larkins. I just interviewed him this morning. Like I mentioned before, it was phenomenal. We went for like an hour and a half um, and we still had more to talk about. So uh, keep your eye out for that episode. I have another exciting episode coming up. Um, I'm really pumped. I have the opportunity to interview Justin Carrier uh, from Varsity. He is the vice president of Varsity. Uh, it's going to be amazing to have him on and talk about his journey and the things that varsity is doing um a lot of really cool guests coming on the podcast uh and i still am going to be coming out with great content for you as business owners as well so we're not only going to do guests but i know we have a lot of listeners that are coaches we have a lot of listeners that are parents and i appreciate you i appreciate your time uh as always share this with someone who would get something out of it out of it uh please leave us a five-star review if you can it helps the algorithms and all that stuff and us being recommended And with that, we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.